Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm your host, Marco Galbraith, and we've got a lot of different things to talk about today. If you, uh, if you don't know me, if you don't follow me, uh, if you're not familiar with me, uh, I'm retired law enforcement from the Daytona Beach area. Spent most of my career in the Special Investigations Unit. I was on the SWAT team. Uh, I was in charge of the motor unit for a while. Homicide investigator. Worked in the drug unit. Worked on some FBI task forces for uh, organized violent crime entities. So that's my background. I'm, I'm in Virginia, now, Lynchburg, Virginia now, and I teach active shooter response training. And I've got some certifications to teach active shooter response training. Uh, started about 10 years ago, but I, uh, I decided after going to some train the trainer classes, getting some certifications that I could probably deliver this on a different level than what others are doing. So I decided to start traveling out to these locations, sometimes hours or days, weeks after the attack has occurred. And what I'll do is I'll track down people that were directly involved in that attack, victims, witnesses, uh, active law enforcement that were on the scene, first responders. The reason I do this is I want to hear what the media is not putting out. Sometimes the media doesn't have the ability to put everything out. They don't have the airtime or they don't have the desire to put everything out. And it's amazing if you watch the coverage from the media, national and local, they're all concerned about the event, the specific event. They very, very, very rarely talk about prevention. How do we prevent this? What are the warning signs, pre-attack indicators, threat assessment team? You very, very seldom hear that. So that's what I do is I've gone to 16 of the most horrific attacks this country has seen. I've interviewed 84 people and I'll take them out to breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, and I'll just sit them down and say, tell me what happened. Let's talk about it. Part of the healing uh, for being in these events is talking about it. That's a, that's a fact. So I'll find out information about the shooter or shooters prior to some of the locations I've been to is Las Vegas, Pulse Nightclub, uh, Columbine, Platte Canyon High School, Chicago Pizza, Fifth Third Bank. Some of those you've heard about. Those are just a few to mention. Some you may have heard about and then maybe some you're clueless about. It depends on uh, the agenda that the media has, whether they're really going to focus on on some of these attacks or not. So let me ask you a question. If you Do you carry concealed? And if you do, do you carry everywhere you go? Folks, this world is absolutely gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You have to carry concealed, but it goes way beyond that. You can't just take a firearm safety class and strap that firearm on. You have to practice. And more importantly, you have to know the laws in your jurisdiction. If you carry defensive ammo, can you carry it in the states that your permit has reciprocity in? Can you have more than a 10-round magazine? It goes a lot more than this. What about your backdrop. If, heaven forbid, you have to use your firearm on somebody, do you know to check the backdrop before you start throwing lead down range at them? So 
Do you carry less than lethal? Do you carry pepper spray? I carry pepper spray. I, well, first of all, you know me. I, you know, I, I say carry concealed and go unnoticed, but people know me, my business. You know, people know I carry concealed everywhere I go. I also carry pepper spray because the last thing I want to do is shoot somebody. I also want to be able to tell the court systems if I am ever involved in anything that yes, I carried pepper spray for the purpose of not shooting them. If I can pepper spray somebody and back away from a fight, I win. But I'm also prepared that if I have to use that firearm, sometimes bad guys don't give you the opportunity to go less than lethal. And you have to, these now these are split seconds decisions, split second decisions I'm talking about. I'll have people that'll comment on here, I'm gonna use my firearm. <laughs> no, that's the kind of stuff that's gonna get you in trouble. Remember, anything you say can and will be get used against you in a court of law. So we have to shut the pie hole carry concealed and go unnoticed. Nobody needs to know. It's nobody's business. But we also need to think about legal protection. We just had a shooting at a local restaurant here in Lynchburg, and it was on a, a, a holiday, or it was on a weekend night uh, on Veterans Day at nine o'clock at night. Good luck finding an attorney at that time. And then if you are involved in a self-defense shoot, and you have, because you had to defend yourself against a violent, forcible felony to save lives from serious bodily injury, you got to know the law. Then, are you going to have a DUI attorney show up to defend you and talk to the police for you? Are you going to have a divorce or a tax attorney? Now, those people know their business, but I want an attorney that's going to show up that primarily has focused and focuses on self defense defense, legal defense, for either firearm or other kind of weapon that I may have to use or my hands, feet, whatever the case may be. So you have to think about that. Think about you don't want your cousin Vinny showing up to defend you when you've just shot somebody and killed them because they were violently attacking you. So um, there are programs out there. I offer one at my office uh, that gives you legal protection. It pretty much puts a... a uh, uh, an attorney on retainer for you and it is extremely affordable it, there's one plan that's 109 bucks a year a year and if you get into a problem you call an 800 number and boom they're sending an attorney to the scene for you so a couple of good programs but but uh, i'm going to talk about open carry also virginia uh, allows open carry, which means you can strap your firearm on just like the wild west and walk around with it open we're going to talk about that in just a minute UVA and Chesapeake Walmart. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give you some briefings because I went to those two locations a few hours after the attacks uh, had occurred, and I'm not gonna say everything that I heard because I have to respect families. Um, they need it. They need some time to to uh, digest what happened, and I also have to respect some information that I was told by law enforcement contacts um, that. It, may not be the appropriate time for me to say it right now. So uh, the UVA, so let me get back up for a minute. As soon as I get to these scenes, the first thing I do is get on the property and I take a knee and I pray for that business, that business owner, the families, and first responders. Sometimes we forget that the first responders are in there having to look and focus and process some really, really horrible uh, things that you're looking at. So I take a knee and I pray, and to me that makes me feel better, and it, it puts me in the right mind uh, that I've that I'm doing the best I can do to to respect the people involved in that. So UVA shooting, um, three dead. 
two shot after returning home from a field trip uh, to see a play and to go out to dinner at an Ethiopian restaurant. That was on Sunday, November 13, 2022. The University of Virginia is about an hour uh, north of Lynchburg, Virginia, where I'm at. So the shooter was not in this particular class. Uh, but was invited to go on the field trip by the professor because he was in her other class, which was social justice. He was a decent football player in 2018, but he wasn't currently on the, the UVA team. The guys that he shot were all football players. He sat in the back of the bus on the way up to the play and on the way back, uh, sat in the back by, by himself. So uh, there's a little bit of some pre-attack indicators here. He was on UVA's threat assessment uh, uh, radar, you know, to be fair to them, what the media is putting out that he was on the radar and, you know, well, they should have done something. I, from what I have heard, I don't know that legally, legally, there's always something we want to do, but we have to make sure we follow the bad guy's rights. I know that sounds bad, but we do have to make sure that we follow uh, proper procedure. And I'm not real sure at this time, from what I've heard, that they really could have done anything to stop this guy because what was on the threat assessment team at one point he he had mentioned that he has a gun just in casual conversation not threatening but just in casual conversation this is a few weeks ago uh and uh that's not really anything that we can kick somebody out of school for as far as last i checked we still have a second amendment and we're allowed to own firearms as long as we're legally allowed to own them and he was so he sat in the back of the bus by the bathroom a female that i spoke to um said that another female had gone back to the to the rear of the bus to sit with him and to talk with him because he was sitting alone and he was very, very distant to her, which is unusual because they were uh, classmates and they had spoken before, but she had said that he was acting very different. So she went back and told a male student that, uh, that he was acting uh, really different. He sat in the front of the theater uh, during the play by himself. He did sit with a few other students when they went out to eat, but just before the shooting, he mentioned something about a video game, and nobody can pinpoint his exact words, but he said something about a video game just before he started shooting. He also started yelling, you guys are always messing with me. He targeted football team players, even shooting one in the face while he was sleeping. So after he walked down the aisle of the bus to exit the bus after he had shot the victims, uh, a few people told me that he had a different walk to him. They they I, they described it as a swaggering, uh, is what I was told. So and that's not how he usually walks. But he he had a different walk to him when he was leaving the bus and when he jumped off the bus. After he exited the bus, he fired a few more rounds. Some students I spoke with said that they deny. This is what's important because this is what everybody always does in an active shooter attack. They deny that it's happening because. The human brain, unlike the limbic system, the human brain is going to tell you that these are not gunshots because gunshots don't happen where I where I am. They always happen somewhere else, but they're not going to happen on a bus sitting on UVA property. So a couple people had told me that they thought that there was balloons being popped. Somebody had popped a bag of chips. The chips had too much air in it and somebody had popped it. Um, and then uh, they didn't realize it was gunfire until they started seeing blood and smelling the gunpowder. So let's go back and let's let's just talk about real quick. When you pop a bag of chips, it's this one time. But when they're shooting, it's it's a little bit different. So this all goes back to training. This whole podcast is to get you to open up your head and get some training 
or do some research and find out how these things unfold. These active shooter attacks most of the time are preventable. So the professor started yelling at the kids to get off the bus. And <clears throat> tell you why this is wrong. The shooter was off the bus. Why do we want to get off the bus? Let's close the bus door, secure it. If the bus driver is still on the bus in able, let's pull off or let's get let's put distance between ourselves and the shooter. So during this, UVA put out a text message to remind the kids to run, hide, fight. As you know, I um, I, I I think run, hide, fight is an element. It's a concept of the response to active shooter response training. That's how we do. We have to know run, hide, fight. We got to know avoid, deny, defend, but it goes well beyond that. If you have somebody come in and they primarily focus on run, hide, fight, you're being shortchanged. And I'll leave it at that. We might talk about it later. Um, let's talk about the Chesapeake Walmart shooting that occurred uh, Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Again, I went out to this shooting. Uh, it took me four hours to get there, but I went out to this shooting. First thing I do when I get on scene, take a knee and pray for those involved. This was an overnight team leader. Manager killed six employees in the break room. Uh, he had a manifesto of being bullied and asking for forgiveness from God due to being possessed by the devil. One employee that I was speaking to after the incident occur occurred stated that the shooter had displayed threatening behaviors um, and gestures uh, and had spoken about being anti-government. So those are threat assessments. Those are pre-attack indicators. This is where threat assessment teams kick in. Her very next statement after telling me that he was saying things off the wall, he was making threatening gestures, he was making, making threatening comments, and he was talking about uh, being possessed by the devil. Her very next statement was, I don't understand why he did this. She just kind of explained why she did it and she still hasn't gotten it. She doesn't know that. And that's because she probably doesn't know about a threat assessment team or maybe she didn't have the knowledge of a threat assessment team member that she could go to and say, hey, this is concerning me. So that's what a threat assessment is, is for. I'm almost, I feel like pounding the desk. That's what a threat assessment team is for. You set up a threat assessment team and there, to set it up, it's very, it's, it's a little complex to set it up, but once you set it up and get it up and running, it'll run itself, pretty, pretty much run itself. There's a lot of folders and subfolders. There's some careful, there's some areas where you gotta be careful. Threat assessment team is non-adversarial. We're not trying to get people in trouble, but we're trying to give them the counseling uh, and or discipline or termination that they may need to keep the property safe. That's the only thing the threat assessment team does. It's created to reduce injuries and save lives and protect those people on the property. It doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't get into personal lives. Walmart, I, I also learned when I was there that Walmart had just had active shooter training. Now, from what I understand, it's computer-based. Um, I'd love to review this training and see how deep it goes. I've got a few Walmart employees that have told me over the years that while they're taking the computer training, they do other things, as in playing on their phone or doing their worksheets that they have to do for another uh, part of, of, uh, of their task or their job. So I don't want to bash Walmart, and I won't bash Walmart. I'm glad that they're doing the training. But if this is accurate, active shooter training is nothing that we can glaze over. And we see why we don't glaze over it. The shooter was quiet. Um, people picked on him. He was different. All these are clues. 
An hour prior to the shooting, he was happy and joking with the employees he was getting ready to target. So he's off his baseline. He's, he's usually quiet. Uh, his demeanor is not that of being very friendly. And like I said earlier, he had made some gestures and comments throughout the weeks and months. Uh, he had been at Walmart since 2010, so he's been an employee for a while. Uh, but prior to the shooting, he was off his baseline, and that's another pre-attack indicator. Um, when I, you know, what got me is when I drove into Walmart, Sam's Club, which is right next door, was fully open for business, and I was just scratching my head about that. And I want to remind everybody out there that no matter where you, ninety, let me say, not not all places. Let me say, ninety percent of where you work, you're simply an employee number. Don't ever forget that. Work hard and do the right thing, but just remember, you're simply an employee number because you've got six team members, associates, killed right next door by another associate, and your sister business right next door is fully open for business. I looked at the cars in the parking lot. The crime scene tape is up, and um, some, some other employees or customers are coming into the crime scene tape area and getting their cars and leaving, and then as the sun set, there were a, a few cars that were not leaving. And that's a little heart-wrenching because I know who those cars belong to. Let me switch gears now and talk about the jackass who showed up with open carry gun. Remember, in Virginia, you can open carry a, a, a firearm. So this moron comes to the memorial. They had a makeshift memorial set up with some balloons, some flowers. People were coming up. Family members were coming up. There were some uh, pastors, religious leaders, counselors, people that were praying at this memorial service because it's just hours after the attack. And I'm standing talking to a family member of someone who had just lost a loved one in that store. It was a distant relative. And, uh, and this idiot comes up with open carry and she looks at him and immediately turns and vomits. Now let's talk about open carry. Do you really think after a mass shooting that it is appropriate to show up to that location with a firearm on your side? Not everybody looks at firearms the way you and I do. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you carry concealed, if you're comfortable with firearms, or if you open carry, people don't look at it the same way. Some people are petrified of guns, and I completely respect that. Some people don't want anything to do with guns, and I respect that. But when we talk about open carry, I'm not a fan of open carry because I scratch my head and wonder, why would you want to give up the element of surprise to the bad guy? Why would you want to be a target? I worked with some really violent guys in Daytona when I was a cop. And I can tell you, if we had open carry in Florida, they would come up and knock you in the head and take your gun. Oh, I know. I know. They ain't going to take my gun. I'm a badass. Uh-huh. Well, let's put you up against them and, and let's, let's see. But why would you come to a memorial service and make a family member so upset at seeing that gun, she immediately vomits and then we walk her back to her car. It's not appropriate. Think it through. That's where we want to carry concealed and go and notice. I know. I get it. It's your right to open carry. It's in Virginia. It's your Second Amendment right or whatever you want to say. But it may not be the smartest thing. Just because we can doesn't necessarily mean that we should. So carry concealed and go unnoticed. Just a, pro just a day prior to the UVA shooting, we had a shooting here in Lynchburg at an upper scale restaurant. There were pre-attack indicators 
and denial of gunfire that was missed. So some summarizing this podcast is you've got to have some training. You need to get proper firearms training for your concealed permit. You got to make sure that in that training, they go over successes and mistakes that gun owners have made. You have to make sure that they spend a considerable amount of time on legal issues. And then after that basic firearm safety class, when you get it to go get your concealed permit, you have got to train. Shooting is a perishable skill. Now, when I say train, I don't say I don't mean practice by going to the range and hitting a stationary target. That's not training. That's just that's just throwing bullets down range. Anybody can do that. You have to take an advanced class. You've got to up your skill. You've got to up your game. There's a drill that I do. I'll have people take my concealed firearm safety class, the basic firearm safety class. And I've got some good shooters are in there. And they'll be hitting from the 15-yard line. They're hitting that bullseye right dead on center. The grouping is great. And then I've got a little exercise that raises their heart rate just a little bit and makes them think. And now we're seeing those bullets that aren't in that tight grouping. They're going off to the right and left, low and high. So if you're just going to the range and just shooting down range, you're not raising your your uh, heart rate or your blood pressure, or doing anything to, to train under stress, you're not going to perform to what you think you're going to perform to in an attack or in a self-defense situation. So get firearms training. If you're a business church, any type of facility, you have got to have a threat assessment team. We do active shooter response training. I travel the country doing active shooter response training, and I can't tell you how many businesses call me and say, the threat assessment team that you created for us worked, and let me tell you why. And they give me an example, and I'm like, holy cow, that picked out the bad guy, and it put a stop to a potential attack. So, if I can help you out, you know, I'm, I'm here to help reduce injuries and save lives. I can travel the country. Um, we do. I do. And, uh, and I'm honestly here to help you out. I also want to note that once I train you, you're always a client. I don't take the money and run. I've got people that have taken my gun classes and will call me for questions two and three years later. I'll meet them at the gun store and I'll say, this is gun, this is right for you, this is not right for you. Guidance on holsters, ammunition. I've got businesses that I constantly get emails from, hey, we're having this problem. When you trained us for active shooter, you mentioned this and this just came up on our radar. Give us some direction. And that's what we're going to do. So. It's not so much I'm doing this to get rich, but it's I'm doing this to reduce injuries and save lives. And I hope one day I have to close my doors and I go out of business because we're not having active shooter attacks anymore. I can help you out. Check out my website, T4 Tactics. It's the letter T, the number four tactics, uh, or you can uh, contact me on social media. Be safe, everyone. Reduce injuries and save lives. Take care.